0: Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get to today's episode, a thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. Thank you also to the Clinician Experience Project by Practicing Excellence for sponsoring this episode. The Clinician Experience Project by Practicing Excellence provides coaching and development solutions for clinicians, leaders, and teams working in some of the nation's largest hospitals and healthcare systems. As a leading provider of clinician-designed content, The Clinician Experience Project team partners with clients to deploy skill-building programs that map directly to organizational goals, delivering measurable enterprise-wide results. To learn more about how your organization can improve patient and organizational outcomes, visit www.PracticingExcellence.com. My guest in this episode of Explore the Space is Seth Partnow. Seth covers the National Basketball Association and Basketball Analytics for the Athletic. He lives in Milwaukee, and he was formerly the director of basketball research for the Milwaukee Bucks NBA franchise, and he joins us to discuss how metrics and analytics can be leveraged to help us get better every day. That's the title of this episode, Why Selecting Metrics Requires Diversity and the Critical Need for Coaching to Turn Metrics into Actual Improvement. This is a really unique episode, and I want to frame it the right way. We are in a critical moment in our profession. We talk about this a lot on Explore the Space. In healthcare, we have a burnout problem. We have a pandemic problem. We have a diversity problem. We have equity problems. We have a variety of issues. And one of the other problems that we have is a metrics problem. Our problem with metrics, our issues with the way we measure and what we measure and why, both directly and indirectly feeds into these other ones that I discussed as well. It's not clear that what we're measuring gets to the fundamental questions of our profession. Does this metric help make me better today than I was yesterday? Does it drive towards the triple aim of healthcare? Does it help me move towards things like mastery, autonomy, and understanding, which are drivers of satisfaction? There is a lot of talk as well around disrupting healthcare. And I would say if you want to disrupt healthcare, create an analytics revolution like the one that professional sports around the world have been through. Where we can more fully understand our performance, what we're doing well, what we need to improve, how we can drive towards the things that we all agree matter. And once we've picked those, how do we get the coaching to drive towards that improvement? We've been asking the same questions for years. I had a conversation with a colleague a few months ago, and this was actually spurred this episode around what is the right number of daily encounters per hospitalist in a hospitalist group? And it's a question that has been batted around forever. There is no clear answer. There is no perfect paper. There is no one thing. And yet we're still arguing about it. We're still fighting about it. We're still spending time, money, bandwidth, energy on this issue that continues. And to what end? It's unclear. I don't understand it. And and this is the sort of reason why it's important that we flip this giant rock, look underneath it and learn from a huge industry that's been through this same thing how it's benefited them, what have been the challenges, and how do we move in that similar direction. I really believe we can do this. I really believe we can do this to great impact without tremendous overwhelming expense. I think that the tools are there. The data certainly is there. We need to talk about what are the right questions, have the right people in the room, and move on this. Seth does an amazing job of helping to frame this given his expertise of what he did directly in the National Basketball Association and what he does now as a brilliant reporter for The Athletic. I think you're going to really enjoy this. There is nothing else out there that I've been able to find that kind of captures what Seth and I discuss here. This is a really fun and a really interesting topic. Before we get to the conversation, just a quick reminder, please do check out Explore the Space podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to download your shows please do leave us that five-star rating and review. It really helps us out. And definitely share the show with your friends, your colleagues. Again, all of that really does help us out. Check out the archive of Explore the Space, www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at ETSshow as well. You can email me anytime, Mark at Explore the Space Show. So without further ado, here's Seth now. Seth, welcome to Explore the Space podcast. I am super excited you're here. My brain has been churning and so let's let's get into it. I'm glad to be here. Hopefully I can justify the all the churn. Exactly. You come from a place that I love. You you come from a background steeped in the sports world, the professional sports world, the sports writing world. So we could spend all our time talking about that and who who are the good athletes and who are who are the best players and who who's nice and who's that's not why you're here though as much as I want to do that. That's not why you're here because I I want to Gather your expertise and your insights around how does an industry like medicine, how does a profession like medicine take a step back and look at the questions it's asking, what it's measuring, and are we doing this right? And I will go out on a limb and say, I don't think we're doing it right. And as a sports fan, I've watched the sports world, pretty much every sport going do that same work? What questions are we asking? What are we measuring? What analytics are we using? And are we doing it right? And I've seen how much they've changed. So that's that starting point. How do we just begin that place of, are we doing this right? Based on what you've seen in the world of sports?
1: Well, first of all, it's funny. You're, you're asking, uh, are we asking the right questions? And you've kind of started out with the wrong question. Okay. Please. Uh, you're yeah. asking, you're asking, how do we do this? Right. And I don't, uh, uh, the better, the, the better question is how do we do this better?
0: Okay. I like that. Um, yep.
1: Right. Is unattainable in so far as our knowledge is, I suppose there is something, uh, there, there's, there's a possibility of right, but kind of the limits of our knowledge at any one time sort of, uh, occlude us from getting there. So really, we're. it's more about doing the best you can, doing better today than you did yesterday, doing better tomorrow than you did today. Um, and I think that's sort of a frequent frustration in my field of, of basketball and sports analytics is a charge that often gets leveled at us is, oh, you guys think you know everything. It's like, no, we just have learned a little bit more and everything you learn, you learn more that you don't know and you have to be open to that. So starting even starting from a standpoint, Of damn it, we gotta get this right. We gotta fix it. Perfect. You're you're almost you're 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 dooming yourself to failure by by asking the impossible or the improbable or these the thing that is um, multiple human lifespans
0: worth of work. I am so happy that you called out my word choice because I agree with you hundred percent, and you have already completely changed how I will frame this question. When I talk to people about it going forward, because it's not about being right. It's about doing this better. It's about having that growth mindset. So let's start with me just saying, thank you. I also appreciate you saying you get that blowback of you guys think, you know, everything. We have that same issue in medicine where there is either a real or perceived or both sense of hubris. And that is for sure going to be a barrier. But when you start this process, when you bring to a team, when you bring to a group of athletes, when this has happened in your career with the Milwaukee Bucks and what you do now, when you bring it to players to say, we're going to change what we measure so that we can get better. How does that process work? How, does, how, how do you frame it in a way where you get the buy-in that is so critical?
1: Well, first of all, I think even just framing it as, hey, we're going we're gonna to measure you this way is like, oh, boy. It's that's that's high stakes testing and nobody likes that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I prior to prior to to, uh, you know, doing sports analytics, I, I, I worked in education for a little bit and the, the less said about that, the better, I suppose. But, <laughs> but no. But it, so as soon as you start to, to you know, you make it explicit we're measuring you, you're it's you, you get, you know, the uh, a little bit of the observer effect because now you're in the analysis as well because just the way you've talked about what's being measured has kind of put things in people's minds, and some people are able to ignore that, some aren't. So it's almost the best way is just to start doing it and then find out, then afterwards, here's what we found out. Now, in certain circumstances, obviously, in in kind of professional settings, you also have to worry about incentives. So there's... there's uh, Almost there's two different things here. There's behavior and incentive. So there, there is that balance because you do want to have the people to be incentivized to do the activities that change the behaviors you want them to change. But you don't want it to be a situation where they're gaming your metric or hostile to your metric because they, they think it's just another kind of you know system of, of control or, or something that will be held against them.
0: You and I have a mutual friend who is a physician, so I know that you probably have some sense of understanding of what it looks like from our perspective, but those two issues are huge for us, right? If you put something in front, you don't want people to be able to do their work just to track to the metric, and we also frequently deal with hostility, resistance, pushback when we float an idea for a metric to the point where I would submit that in in my profession in medicine- when you sit down to a meeting and you use that word metric, it is so loaded. The yep. people have that visceral response, like their their fists go up just hearing, let's talk about metrics today. Oh, it's on right there. So
1: metrics and statistics and, and analytics, whatever you want to call it, those are tools to sort of flatten reality into something you can more easily get your arms around and kind of analyze quickly. And so- People say you start talking about metrics and people take that as you're depersonalizing stuff. And yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. I mean, that's that that's on some level the purpose. So, you know, when doing basketball analysis, one of my sort of mantras is, is I never want someone to ask me a stat question. I want them to ask me a basketball question. And I, I think there's probably some uh, applicability to, to your field that you don't want to you don't want to be asked a, 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 a performance metric question you want to be asked a performance question you want to be asked about outcomes you want to be th- those things that that are, are actually your job not this not this two-dimensional representation of your job
0: so that brings us i think to a, a critical spot of determining why we do this what are we seeking to do what are we seeking to get better at in the world of professional sports, it's to win. You want to win the game you're playing that night. You wanna win the you wanna win the title, you want to achieve as far as you think your team can go. In medicine, I think we may still be spinning our wheels and have conflicting goals, especially as we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic, about we're measuring these things and to what aim. And so I would submit for us, it's two things in parallel. We want to actualize the Institute for Healthcare Improvement triple aim, improving patient experience of care, improving the health of populations, and reducing the per capita cost of healthcare in the United States, which we know is untenable. And then in parallel, we want to hit the three levers of motivation, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So we have to make sure that whatever we're measuring, whatever we decide are the questions that will help us get better at those things. (laughs) Thank you. I'm already getting better because of you. Whatever we need to make sure we're doing this the right way, that's a real tension. Do you have a sense or do you have a history of shared experience of how to unlock that to say, Here's the objective? Do we agree this is the right objective? Is finding agreement on the right objective the right place to start?
1: Uh, absolutely, and part of that is some objectives lend themselves more to measurements than others. I mean, you know, among those things you listed, reducing the cost. okay, we did we that that's that's pretty straightforward to to put into 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 real terms. Everything else. I mean, that's that there's some there's some pretty squishy stuff in there. Yeah. And that's so then now you're, you know, you're talking about, you know, you're talking about metrics. Well, your 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 measurements, your outcomes become very different metric you've chosen. And any these concepts that you, you understand what the concept is, but how you're defining it. When you put it into sort of quantitative terms, how you do that quantification can have a tremendous impact on the, on, on what comes out of your model. And you know, this has been a, a big topic throughout kind of the the data world in the last six to twelve months is you know the topic of, of of bias, whether conscious or unconscious, in model building. And you know, just because it's got a number on it doesn't mean that there isn't hasn't been some sort of bias behind the assumptions in what you count. I mean, I can think of, uh, I'm sure you can identify better than me, but I can think of any number of ways where you decide, hey, this is an important bit of, you know, job satisfaction and you put that in the model. You've made a decision. You've thumbed the scale already. And yeah, your model's going to spit it out, but it's going to index towards people who are doing, or or organizations that are doing that one thing well. And maybe that's that's a piece of, of the bigger puzzle, but how much? you're you're kind of you may not know and unconsciously you're laundering your opinion of the importance of that one bit of it through this you know the, the the statistical process and now it looks like it's you know an objective measure when it's just kind of a uh a more precise roll up of of your estimate
0: if that makes sense at all It it does make sense and what I'm taking from that then is that it's critical for us in medicine if we decide to undertake this and commit to getting better at asking questions and measuring things that those who frame that are an accurate reflection, not only of the population doing the work, but also of the population that we're trying to take care of. So that right, that's the that's the DEI question. That's making sure that there's diversity, equity and inclusion as we set those tables, because what you pointed out around conscious and unconscious bias in the models, right, the the rock flipping exercise happening in the profession of American medicine around that right now is critically important. And it's hard it's hard to see it. It's hard to own it. But it's work that's being done and it's vital. But what I'm understanding, too, is it has to inform how we create questions, models, and metrics to actually get better.
1: That's part of it. And the other part is just recognizing, you know, sometimes quantification is just not going to be good. Have, <laughs> There's uh, that, too. You know, right, no, right, right. Like, yeah. quantifying individual defense in basketball is really hard. And you can come up with some numbers and I might tell you, give you maybe some directional indicators. But they're not. I don't know. They're the what is good. I don't know. They 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 help some, but they're not especially accurate. And it's because we don't have really the the inputs yet to to really model that well. And you know, sports are sports are easy compared to medicine. So I I, I can't I can think of any number of things where you know yeah you have some some kind of like counts and measures and stuff like that. But are but.
0: What do they mean? Are, but if that isn't it important to idiots? say to yourself, if we can't measure it right, if the models we have right now aren't doing the job, then let's not measure. It. Let's move on to something else, acknowledging that there are plenty of other questions that we could be asking, because what we want to avoid is the bad data in bad data out. And then people just reject everything In in as a whole. They just say this is all bad and all of the metrics that you're bringing are wrong and everything you're presenting I to me, I disagree as, with. I wouldn't treat
1: it as a binary. Okay. Um, I think it's like you, you know you have it's again you, you start to put numbers on things and, and there's this appearance of precision. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's you know okay, good idea. So have moderate confidence in the outcomes, whatever that means. This this other data is is pretty wonky, but there may be something there. We might want to look at this more, but this is kind of what what it's it's maybe indicating towards. This data is rock solid. I'm 99.5% sure of this based on based on, you know, my, you know, both the statistical methods and my, you know, considered opinion of the quality of the data. So it's not even, it's not even a, yes, this data is good, good enough. No, it's not. Even that's a a sliding scale. And This is, you know, it's called data science, but it's art as much as yeah. it's science because you you, you, you know, you're how sure you have to be kind of depends on, on what, you know, what you're using it for and in, in what circumstance right like if you're if you're trying to come up with like a system to better get everyone's lunch order um you can you can go on flimsier data than if it's it's should this drug be approved
0: yeah i like that you use the idea and the concept of it being an art because we often talk about medicine as being an art and i wonder if using that as part of our reframe to use this information to get better if that might be part of what makes it feel aspirational again, as opposed to that binary, you're just giving me bad data slash this doesn't apply to me. Therefore I'm rejecting everything.
1: And I think it's that, that is definitely aspirational. I think working with that level of uncertainty makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Understandably so. Um, and that's, but, yeah. that's, that's certainly, that's certainly a challenge in, in my field. Like I can only imagine it isn't yours is, yeah. is, uh, you know you you want to view this as deterministic like i do the i i prescribe the you know in your case i prescribe the right course of treatment patient gets better It's like say it, it's a you know it's a it's newtonian and yeah. it doesn't work that way
0: um,
1: <laughs> right and it, it doesn't work that way in 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 sports either like you can make good decisions and a guy rolls an ankle you yeah. get a wide open shot a guy misses it
0: stuff happens to reduce that risk though to reduce yes. those outside variables there's something that happens in sports that I think right now is not happening in medicine. And it's, if you were to say to your team, let's say you're, you're going in front of a group of athletes who are going to compete that night or the next season or you're, you're training and you say, we're going to agree that the three point shot in in the NBA now, we're going to win games if we shoot and make lots of three pointers where we know that in the 80s, right? I was watching basketball in the 80s. They were not taking a lot of three pointers. Now it's, 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 it's a rainmaker, right? It's constant to do that. It's a skill. You can't just tell the players, let's go shoot a lot of three pointers. We're going to make them and win. You have, they have to know and trust and understand that those who want that to have happen are going to teach them and coach them to do it. It it feels to me, and I'm interested in your perspective on this, that when you bring one of these entities forward or multiple of them at once, that it has to be understood that you're going to provide coaching to help them get better in a way that feels good and right and not judgmental. It's it's to further their career and to further getting to the goal that you want. Make three pointers, win games.
1: We're lucky in sports that the like the feedback loops of that are are pretty easy. Yeah, you know you, how so how so how so. Well, so I mean, you can talk about you know learning to shoot three pointers. You know, it's the the yes, you do some like. You know mechanical breakdowns working on balance and hand position and and you know eye line and stuff like that, but you know you get you you do directed practice, you get better, and you can kind of see that happen. I don't know want to say linearly, but it's like you know the expression in 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 basketball practices we got better today. you can see that happen and it's in and, and making those kind of steps makes it easier to get buy in. I, I, it's, it's, uh, I, I know when we were talking about this before and you had, you had David Epstein on, uh, a while ago wrote, uh, both one of both of our favorite books range, I think is, is, you know, the, the kind of feedback environment we're in in basketball, it's called, it's a kind environment. You get tons of reps, uh, with, in, with well-defined rules and the feedback is, uh, comes quickly and is, is reliable. You know, you take a shot, it goes in or it doesn't. That's that, okay. What did I? Do? I did. Okay, my left foot was a little too far forward. Okay, making a little adjustment. Oh, there it went in. Okay, that's that's you know that's again that's that's sort of mechanistic almost. What parts of medicine does that describe? Almost all of them, and that you, is no, the you, gap. you think you think that you you think that kind of reps and quick feedback and and defined systems of rules where A necessarily means B.
0: Yes. Uh, I do. You you do. Absolutely. Yes. hundred percent. Whether I am in a room with a patient and we're going to have a conversation around a difficult subject, I can get immediate feedback after I have that conversation from the patient just by asking, I'm trying to get better at this. I know we just talked about something hard. I'd really like to know how you feel like I did. Dr. Shapiro, you talked really loudly and I share that anecdote because I've done that because I was coached on how to do it. I've had coaching on how to actually access that. And I've had patients share with me, Dr. Shapiro, thank you for asking. No one's ever asked me that before. You talk really loud. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to take that on board tomorrow. I'm going to be better. When I go and I have a conversation with a patient and their family, I'm going to pay specific attention to the volume of my voice. And I will share with you. I still struggle with that. My voice gets louder. I think when I get stressed, but It is absolutely there for us. And I think that we can acknowledge that we can get better by providing that specific coaching in that kind environment, because that kind environment, I can assure you, does not exist right now in in a meaningful way in the profession of medicine. But yes, it can absolutely be
1: done. So I think there's a little bit of confusion of terms here, because I'm not just talking about feedback in terms of, of, you know, the, the patient saying this This is a good illustration, actually, the patient saying, "I enjoyed this visit, yeah, in terms of of them of kind of fixing the underlying malady, how reliable is that as as feedback? You know someone comes in, they have a chronic condition, you talk, they feel good about it. What is the correlation between that and the problem getting fixed? It's imperfect and long and longitudinal. Yeah, and so you're not really sure if what I did today helped.
0: But on if that we were level. to say, but if we're going to say to ourselves though, what we want to measure and what we want to get better at is having our patients feel good about their perceptions of the care that they sure. received, of the way that they were treated, not how we treated them, but in the way they felt like they were treated, and what that bundle looks like that they felt heard, that they were listened to, that they felt cared about, and that they were being taken care of by an expert team. That is also really important while we're agreeing that, look, the medicines that we're going to select for you or the intervention that we're going to recommend or not recommend, depending on the circumstance, we're going to do that based on best available knowledge and literature and evidence-based medicine. But the way that they perceive that we do that, that is absolutely coachable and it's critically important because that, that confidence will make sure that they'll come to their next visit or whatever we recommend, they'll follow it. We know that compliance goes up when patients feel like they were listened to, cared about and taken care of by experts. So we know that we can coach that bundle. We need to coach it, right? That's the corner three pointer. That's the low hanging fruit for us. It's interesting you say that because actually it's almost in us talking about
1: sort of two different things. I think we're illustrating kind of an area where that feedback and that like survey data can be, you know, you, you can put, you can do that, you know quantitatively to a degree. And yeah. that gives like good, reliable, instant feedback that you can coach up and say, Hey, this is how you did it. It worked better. 70% of your patients are, are happy afterwards as opposed to 58%. So good yeah. job, gold star. Yeah. The other part is, is more difficult. And so I think that's, that's, that's a perfect illustration of, of figuring out where applying these methods is going to be. Most readily useful, almost, because you know the more complex thing of a you know the and I have and apologies if I butchered language here because I'm thankfully not for everybody, not a doctor. That um, <laughs> that like the the course of treatment is is you know that that it's complicated and and there's a lot of like moving factors and you're you know you're making your best judgment based on the range of factors and if you t- wanted to collapse that decision down into uh into a binary was this the right treatment or not you know that's yeah that's that so did the patient like feel like this trip this this visit went well that's something you that's something that that is is amenable to a certain kinds of analysis whereas was this a good visit From a medical standpoint,
0: right? But the, but the coaching piece I think is really important. And what you were just describing reminded me of a video clip that went viral and it was Steve Kerr, the Warriors head coach talking to Steph, Stephen Curry on the sideline of a game was a couple of years ago. And he's saying, I know you're missing shots. I know you're frustrated, but you're doing everything right. You're great. Keep shooting. That there's that acknowledgement that it's, we're not perfect, right? We're not, like you said at the start, we're not right all the time. We try to get better. We need to have that mechanism that says you're doing this the right way. Keep it up. Sometimes it's, look, you're not doing this the right way. Let's talk about what we can do differently so we can get better. Or it's, you're doing this right. This is extraordinarily complicated, but keep doing what you're doing. Don't give up. You're, you're on the right track. We can do both at the same time. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that
1: again for, for everyone wants to moneyball everything. And
0: there's parts of it. And again, there's, there's, parts you totally called me out. You're absolutely yeah. right.
1: Yeah, no, but there's, there's, there's parts of it that you can do and parts of it that you're that as of right now, you can't, I mean, yeah, even in, yeah, in, in, yeah. in baseball that like the, the best example in baseball is something that like completely flipped once people figured more stuff out is used to think catcher defense didn't matter and then they got better data on like pitch locations and framing and stuff like that and now people kind of realize the catcher is the most important position on the diamond because they they figured out a way to measure what they're doing when before it was kind of a black box and whether that's a new like diagnostic or or something else that helps you do that maybe there's something down the road that 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 opens up new avenues for that kind of study but being a little humble about you know, the, the areas where it just, it's, it's just not going to work right now in terms of, you know, quantitative study.
0: Is, I want is, us to be doing that work in my profession, though, and that's where I feel like the opportunity is. I sure. want us to have that eureka moment of this entity, right? Wh- what is the catcher? What is the pitch framing aspect of being a hospitalist, being a cardiologist, being a an outpatient primary care physician, being a psychiatrist who does telemedicine? What are those aspects that we say, we never thought that was the most important position on the diamond, but here we are. And now let's coach those skills. Let's identify them and let's coach them so that we know it's important. All right. Pitch framing is critically important. Let's coach it. Let's make sure that we're reinforcing it. That's why I think having people like you come and talk with someone like me is, is valuable because I feel like the, the world of professional sports is further down that path and is unlocking some of these things in, in a way that I find really exciting and inspiring, and I would like to see happen where I am because I'm still going to be a doctor for a long time. Hopefully, I want to I want to know where where in my own daily work can I do things that I didn't know that it was that important, but yet it's mission critical, and I want to get coached on it. Sure, I want that. So,
1: can I, can I offer an opinion that that'll probably be the second in a row that you, you maybe don't want to hear? Absolutely. <laughs> so, for, so first of all, I'll, let me couch this by saying you say that we're farther along in sports. People have been doing been doing doctoring a lot longer than they've been doing sports. But yes. A lot. So, so there's a, like you're 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 a little bit selling yourself short on on kind of what you guys have have known. And you know, some of the 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 low hanging fruit, like the the like you know, the germ theory of disease may have been that low hanging fruit. You know what I mean? So That's it's fair. It's, in 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 a lot of these things, it's probably not going to be one big, holy crap, figured everything out. It's going to be an accumulation of little things.
0: So you're calling out my recency bias, and I, and I'll take that.
1: I you know I just again you're you're looking for you're not looking for a miracle cure. You're looking for you're you know chipping away at the part you don't know absolutely and and occasionally absolutely. like you know to to belabor the. You know the iceberg analogy a little bit. You know, occasionally a big chunk will will fall off at once, but mostly you're just going to be chipping away. And then you look back in five years, and, and the and the, the well, now that's morbid because the glacier is gone and the sea level has risen. And the...
0: anyway, I guess though uh, the the reason that I brought this up to you and I know you and I talked about this a couple of days ago is while I think medicine is obviously very good at asking questions, I feel like in some ways with the way that we deal with quote unquote metrics, it's unchanged. It's stale. It meets with a lot of resistance. And a lot of the questions feel like we're just kind of at a stalemate over and we're asking them over and over again. And I just feel like it's time to revisit what are the right questions to be asking, right? You know, the NBA asked questions in the 1980s that they don't ask anymore. And they ask a different battery of questions and the sport is thriving and I enjoy watching it more than I have ever before. You know, uh, it, it's fun. I, 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 it's aspirational. It might even be naive, but I, I would like that same approach to happen within our profession because right now the spinning of wheels over the t- questions that are 20 years old, it's not exciting. And it just meets with resistance, that forward progress that I think we could be making that rocket fuel. We can unlock it again. I really think that.
1: So here, he, something that, you know, you're talking about asking different questions, I guess the analogy I'll use, if, if we can, you know, play, get back on, on home turf for me a little bit, yeah. um, is, you know, the, uh, as I might use is, is, you know, in the draft, um, you know, you are the, the, the different questions you're asking now are, what are the different skills a, a player needs to succeed today that may be different than they would have been 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Um, and what that is really is that that's that's examining. OK, things have changed. We've we've advanced in certain ways. So some of the assumptions that under under undergirded the questions we were asking yesterday don't apply um, and just do, do, okay, this question. Why did we ask that? Okay, does that why does that matter today? That doesn't matter anymore. Why are we asking that? Let's ask this, a different question that more accurately reflects the, situ, the 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 context that we're working in.
0: That analogy works brilliantly with what I do. When we have someone coming out of training, to use that same analogy, the training in many ways is the same as it was. You rotate on the units. You do a lot of this. You do. It's, it's similar. It's static. Graduate medical education has not been changed a great deal. The skill basket that is taught and emphasized and for whatever degree it happens, coached is, is, is pretty static. But the expectations of the job that you're going to take are very different. I've watched that change over the course of my career. We don't have that basket of metrics to say this person is going to be the right fit based on their skill set. We, we try to figure out if they're going to be the right fit in terms of helping to make our, you know, make our team better in terms of culture and fitting in and helping us to be better people, be better doctors, be a good leader, all these sorts of things. But in terms of the things that drive towards, you know, the like I mentioned, like the triple aim, and the, we don't have a good way to see is this a good fit because the skills aren't being taught. So your analogy is perfect, right? It's 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 expecting a nineteen eighty quarterback to step into the 21st century NFL and have the exact right skill set. It's a different game when you come out of training. So the training has to be different too.
1: No, I think I think that's 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 put perfectly. Like insofar as the the asks are similar, the training can be similar in so far right. as they're are difference, like
0: re-examined what still matters and what doesn't um and you know and this. then in, in parallel with that though right when a, when a player is drafted by and i'll use the milwaukee bucks because you have experience with them but any team right any professional team that drafts any player they rarely expect that player to come out fully baked they coach well, them like crazy they mentor them there's high expectations sometimes <laughs> right but they don't they coach them like crazy one would yeah, think. no,
1: I I I think that that's that, that's maybe a little bit rose colored from you. And that the, okay, the, uh, the the aggregate expectations of any given draft class vastly exceed both their near and their 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 short and long term production.
0: I will so, I will accept that and I agree with you. But maybe we can agree <laughs> though that they will get some coaching.
1: Yes, no, the, the, they, they they will they, they will get coached hard. And, right and, so, and, and occasionally that hard coaching will involve I thought this guy would know more when he got here.
0: Uh fair enough. We, I think for us, when I say us, uh, you know, the profession of medicine, when people come out of training, there is a voltage drop that is hard to match in terms of supervision, training, mentorship, remediation, coaching. The voltage drop is huge and it doesn't really ramp back up again. We're expecting them to come out fully baked. Um, That's a tough ask. Learning how to be an attending physician is really hard and it doesn't have to be as hard as it is. I actually think that's, that's, I think that's a perfect analogy because that's, you know, a lot of the,
1: the behind the scenes work that, um, it, you know, in terms of the, on the court stuff, whether it's stats or video or whatever, the pro the, you know, professional teams don't have a ton more access. They may have seen guys in person more often, but they don't, but the, the, the film is not necessarily a differentiator. It's Okay. This guy's been on a college campus. He you know, he's got classes at this time, he's got study hall at this time. You know, the what happens when he is out in the world and unsupervised? How will he be able to be a professional? And the guys who succeed, the answer is usually is 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 yes. You know, some some players who can do that just aren't good enough and fail too. But if they're not able to do that, that's a pretty good indicator that they're not gonna make it. And you know, there's just some trickiness and figuring out, you know, what, who at age 18 is going to become a, a professional uh, be at, at 22. Like, you know, we're all idiots at 18, but that, I think that's a, that's a, that's a re- pretty reasonable analogy because you're going from this, you know, the, this, this, this environment that's very structured and, 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 and directed to a lot more sort of freedom, uh, for all the good and bad that, 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 uh,
0: represents. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's yet another opportunity to get better. This has been great. Uh, I I think you and I could keep going for hours and hours and I would just be in heaven because I just love talking about this stuff so much, but we do want to bring ourselves to a place where We can leave people wanting more because I will definitely want to have you back so we can continue to flesh this out because this is a very dynamic place within the profession of medicine right now. I'm not the only one who's thinking like this. There's a lot of people who are seeing the matrix differently and want it to be different for the right reasons. But for those who now have kind of heard you and heard this kind of reflect back and forth, what kind of things are you working on? Where do people find you? How can people follow the work that you're doing so they can continue to kind of pull out these nuggets that apply to them?
1: uh snarky basketball jokes you can find on twitter at seth part now um and i write a couple times a week uh, at the athletic please subscribe it's a, it's a it's a wonderful place to to work and and uh for for fans of basically any north american sport i think we we do about the best work uh, that it, anyone out there does and in this fall by my book once i finish it
0: the, uh, I'm so glad you <laughs> mentioned it. I'm so excited. it's gonna be great, and you'll come back on so we can dive into it because there will be things in there that will match what we're doing here, right? The stakes are high. the aspiration is mighty. The opportunities to get better are infinite that those are the places where there's a lot of overlap and uh it's it's exciting that we have people working on this and we can you know learn from things inside and outside of what we're doing every day. So we'll have links to all that great stuff in the show notes. Seth, this was a total treat. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Thanks for inviting me. I had a great time. My thanks once again to Seth Partnow for joining us on this episode of Explore the Space podcast. There's links in the show notes. Definitely follow him on Twitter. Definitely check out his work on The Athletic. He's a fantastic reporter. He does really interesting, cutting-edge stuff. The overlap between what has happened in professional sports and what is happening and needs to happen within the profession of medicine is undeniable. We got to look to where the work has been done before so we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but we can also start to move forward. My thanks also to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu C-H-E-E. And thank you also to the Clinician Experience Project by Practicing Excellence. The Clinician Experience Project provides enterprise-wide healthcare coaching and development solutions for clinicians, leaders, and teams to improve patient connection, team collaboration, and leadership effectiveness. Organizations see significant results when participants spend a mere five minutes per week building skills through app-delivered programs. To learn more, visit www.PracticingExcellence.com. And my thanks to you for listening to this. Again, I really hope you feel stimulated and engaged and challenged by this it's an opportunity here. This is a a rock flipping exercise. It's work that needs to be done. And I just love having this conversation because it directly affects me. I would love nothing more than to harness the data around my day-to-day performance and learn from it in new and unique and most importantly, effective and powerful ways. Please do hit me on Twitter at ETS show. Please do email me market explore the space show. Let me know how you like this episode. Let me know how you're liking the show as well. We will be back soon with more great content until then continue to take care of yourselves. When you have the opportunity to get your COVID-19 vaccine, please do so. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, ExploreTheSpaceShow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETSShow. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to Mark at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com.